Welcome back, everybody. We are back. This is the Fan Bros Podcast. That was a quick tribute to the fallen Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. So rest in peace, Hunter. We're bringing back. We did our recaps last time. Now it's time to talk fantasy. Yeah, we're going straight into some running backs, some backfields. We're going to talk about who's hot, who's not, who we want to own, who we're going to pass on, who we're targeting in the late rounds. Just kind of cover some backfields, where you should take them, how we feel about them. Just a general sense of a lot of questionable backfields. So what we're going to do right here, there's five backfields in mind. We've got the Raiders, the 49ers, the Buccaneers, the Broncos, and the Jaguars. All of those have multiple guys that are interesting. We're going to talk about who we like and why. And then at the very end, we got a shout-out to our boy Mark Morrow. He recommended a rapid fire. We've got four guys that are looking to go in the first or second round. Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, and Joe Mixon. A quick breakdown of who we like in what order and why. So to start off, the LV, Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Now Josh Jacobs, he had a really good season last year. Uh, it was basically a volume season. It was His production was down from his rookie year. Um, yards per carry, I should say, were down. Like Yards after contact was down as well. But he had so much volume that people didn't even realize it. I took him in the first round last year as a stretch because a lot of people took the running backs that I like. It paid out for me, but this year it looks a little tricky because Kenyon Drake also caught some flames last year with the Cardinals. Yeah. So, I mean, and and Gruden loves to use multiple backs, as in he wants to keep the, the main back fresh. And he's used a bunch of backs in recent past, but now he has Kenyon Drake, so it seems it's going to be like a two-headed monster. Definitely so. And you're thinking back to last year at the time of the draft, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake were both kind of late first round, mm-hmm. early second round guys, and now they're both in the same backfield. So he talked about Josh Jacobs last year. Kenyon Drake, he looked just okay. He was kind of a trade target after the first few weeks. He didn't do a lot. He started to look better, and then he suffered a high ankle sprain, which looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it looked terrible. But then he came back and finished fairly strong. So this one, this one hurts. If you're asking me just without ADP, who do I want, it's still Josh Jacobs. But... I don't even sniff him until the late third, early fourth round. And even then, I'm nervous because, like you said, he was a volume play, and now there's a real 1B there to take carries. Yeah, and so we're going to always play devil's advocate when we talk about this stuff. So the yards per carry was down last year, and he just is at that back end of the first, kind of turning in the second. People are still kind of taking him there. I'm really kind of lower on him like you said I really go third or fourth even though he won't be there so I mean I'm basically going to skip out on Josh Jacobs this season but the only positive if you're really a Josh Jacobs truther is that having Kenyon Drake in there he's probably going to get more work than the other backs combined so Josh Jacobs could be well rested and actually get his his stats back up but it's also you know you never know if Gruden gets the hot hand with Kenyon Drake going he might just roll with that so I, I really don't want Josh Jacobs but I, I also feel like if you get Josh Jacobs, you almost kind of have to handcuff Kenyon about four or five rounds back just because if Josh Jacobs go down, I mean, Kenyon's going to be to potential RB1, RB2 just off the volume. If Josh Jacobs is down, it's just his show. But I, I'm really not targeting Josh Jacobs. If anything, I'm going to try to get Kenyon Drake if he falls, but he's not even falling. So Yeah, I think one of those guys has to get hurt for this to be awesome. 
So Josh Jacobs, for me, I'm probably higher on him than Hunter. I would probably look his way in the fourth round. Now let's say you've got three running backs on board already. You're kind of going into eighth, ninth round. Do you take Kenyon Drake if you're not a Josh Jacobs owner? Potentially. Is he a handcuff only, or no, is he going to have standalone? He kind of has that Kareem Hunt vibe where obviously we know he's not Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is top three back in the league at all times. Now people forget that because Nick Chubb is there. Nick Chubb is top two as well. I mean, Nick Chubb's a freak. But Kenyon Drake is kind of that guy this year where, you know, if you get if he's there in the ninth, I mean, it's going to be hard to get, unless there's James Conner there or somebody that could shake out a role, you know, at the end of training camp and, and become, you know, the number one guy. It's just hard to get a guy like that. I mean, he's just, I mean, at, at the ninth round, he's a nice little take right there. I think so as well. So the next team is the 49ers, and they've always produced big-time running backs. Now it seems to be a new guy every season, but who we've got there right now Raheem Mostert, who missed most of last year with a bunch of injuries, but when he's been on the field, he is an incredible, explosive guy. Jeff Wilson finished the year super strong, but it looks like he's trending towards starting the year on the pup list Mm -hmm. with a knee injury, so he'll be out six weeks. I don't think we consider him in fantasy just yet. And then the kind of the wild card, they bring in a rookie, they draft him, Trey Sermon, who graduated from Ohio State, earlier was in Oklahoma, and he had some pretty good production in college. So, just what do you think of Mostert after last year? I like Mostert's one of the most explosive backs in the NFL. We, talk, me and Greg, have been talking about it. Well, personally, between ourselves, back in the day, Mostert was, you know, we were high on Mostert even before he became Raheem Mostert. You know, the speeds there, the he can catch. He can. He's kind of like a, a lighter version of Aaron Foster, where he gets that one cut and he could take it to the crib. And he's like that way all the time. So, you, but you have to be weary of the injury history. You know, the injury prone tag is kind of BS, but I mean, it's also kind of real because he's always dinged up. I do like him. You know, as your RB two. That's because he could really be an RB one if the season shakes out the way it should. But again. I'm just a little weary on that, and I think that towards the end of the season, it could be a My Name's Jeff or a Sermon kind of show. It never it never seems to be clear who it's it, going to be. Yeah, it's just, I, I like Raheem Mostert as an RB2. I'm not going to take him as an RB1. Let's say you go, you go Kelsey first, you're in the back of the first, you pick Kelsey, and then some uh, nice receiver slips to you, we're talking like D-Hop, uh, you know, digs or something somehow slips to you, and now you're you're looking for a running back. I am not gonna invest on Mostert as my RB one. That's just a little too much to me. I think that's fair because he's never put together a full year of production. But he's had weeks where he's the RB one. Yeah, and I mean that's what he's either gonna finish in the top fifteen or, or out of the top forty. Yeah, he's not up. a. So he's got a ceiling on him. I, I kind of like him as an RB two, maybe fifth, sixth round. But yeah, the next guy that makes him. That makes Mostert not a sure thing is Trey Sermon. So he graduates from Ohio State, and here are his stats last year. They only played eight games, so keep that in mind. He ran for 870 yards on 7.5 yards a pop, and he caught not too many balls, 12 for 95, 8 yards a pop. So he goes for almost 1,000 scrimmage yards. He's pretty efficient at 7.5 yards a touch. What do you what do you think about him? He's kind of an all-around runner. He's not anything ex- crazy explosive or anything like that, but he's produced. In this offense with Shanahan, do you think he's worth investing in late? Oh, 100%, yes. You almost want to, 
Yeah, I you try to do it every year. Almost, I try to at least. You get that guy at the Kyle Shanahan that's at the end that could start late in the year. Absolutely. You know, because he's gonna get touches. They're gonna run the ball. Mostert or Wilson have been back, injured back to back years. I mean, there is a silver lining where Trey Sermon can shake out and be, you know, probably week seven on, maybe a starter, um, maybe a little bit later, but. I like Trey Sermon. I mean, we talked, you probably forget, we talked about him. When we watched him in college, I said, I want the Texans to get him. Obviously, Texans never do anything right, so we didn't get Trey Sermon, but I really like Trey Sermon. I think that he could be one of the rookies that comes in and actually has an impact at running back. Another thing to note, he's better catching the ball than Mostert is. Mostert has never provided much in that area, but we still have to assume Mostert's the number one to own, but Trey Sermon is interesting late in the draft because you want somebody on the Niners. You don't know who it's going to be, yeah. and they've got a young guy who's got some talent. And he's be wary. He's creeping up a little bit. He's kind of going around in the ninth right now, and that's where kind of the highest I would take him. I'm not going to take him in the eighth, really around the ninth, tenth, eleventh. If he's there in the eleventh, you, you could do so worse than getting Trey Sermon. You know, they're going to run the ball. Yeah, an RB5 maybe and plan to hold him for five, six weeks, That that's a guy to, to target. So next up is the defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are the two guys who are really good. Is there enough balls to go around, and what do you think between the two? I say nay because James White is also there. They oh, signed James man. White this season, too. So I this, think that just this, hurts this, these guys. Yeah, this is a big conundrum because that's kind of the Rojo argument is he can kind of catch the ball a little bit better than Fournette. Fournette actually gets more yards when he catches the ball than Rojo, but Rojo is actually a better catcher of the ball than Leonard Fournette. But now they have James White in, which is just probably going to be a goal line disaster. When they should be putting Fournette or Rojo in, it's probably going to be James White, and you know that one of the two is going to be running it on the early downs when they're you know 40 yards out. So I, I'm leaning towards Leonard Fournette just because the way he did in the playoffs and finished it and the way Tom Brady embraced him and it's kind of really Tom Brady's team it's almost the opposite of the A-Rod show is he actually has a bunch of say so I think that he loves Leonard Fournette he's the reason why Leonard Fournette came there Leonard Fournette was playoff Lenny he was going crazy busting touchdowns so I'm leaning towards Leonard taking over the role but it's just going to be split up I mean there's no way around it even if Leonard's the number one they're still going to work in James White regardless. I mean, I don't know too much about Rojo, but they're going to work in James White regardless. Yeah, I think this kind of sucks because it's going to be a great offense. I don't know if it turns out a top 20 running back. No. But I'm, I'm probably higher on Ronald Jones than you are, but mm-hmm. I, therefore I put these two at dead even. Yeah. So I, if I'm going to take one, I'm going to take whichever one gets to maybe the eighth round is my RB3, RB4. I think I'm comfortable with Fournette or Jones at that point. No higher, and I'm not seeking either of these guys. No, he, he. I like either one for my RB4. RB3 is still questionable because let's say you get Leonard Fournette and it's really just the Rojo, James White show. Or you get Ronald Jones, and it's literally Leonard Fournette running the ball and James White strictly catching the ball. Yeah, how so, long do you hold the guy if I mean, he's not the guy? And that's the thing. We're, you don't want to hold either one of these guys. I mean, you maybe Leonard Fournette in the off chance that one of them gets hurt. But, again, you want to hold someone like Trey Sermon for a, a lot of weeks. You're not. I don't want to hold one of these guys, honestly. So, yeah, the Bucks backfield might not be fantasy gold, even though there's some, there's some talent there. It's probably going to take somebody getting hurt for an RB1-type deal. 
Very much so. So moving on to a team that's going to be pretty bad, but they've got two interesting backs, the Denver Broncos. They have Melvin Gordon, who's tried and true. We doubt him every year, and he produces. And they brought in Javante Williams, a running back from North Carolina. He was in the early second round, and is a guy they really like. So let me just hear your thoughts on Melvin Gordon. Are you excited about him, or do you think the best is gone? I think the best is gone, and we kind of saw that last year. He had splashes where he, you know... There was poor tackling, you know, whether you want to blame COVID or what, people were tired, but he was running through arm tackles and had a couple, like, you know, actual week-winning games, but it was it was slim. It was really slim because he got cut, people scooped him up, you know, they had one of those good weeks, they were trying to ride him, and then he went flat again. It's just, I'm looking away from Gordon, I'm actually higher on Williams just because of how explosive he is. But uh, you could do worse than getting like Melvin Gordon in the eighth or ninth round because running backs are going quick this season because um, it just seems like there's a lot more usable wide receivers this this season. For yeah, some. definitely. And Melvin Gordon, I mean, last year I think is the example of why I'm just out because yeah. there was never a ceiling. He would yeah. do well enough for you to he roster got two him, points. but he was never a guy that was going to win you a week. So it's just tough, and their offense won't be great. Now, that being said, let's talk Javante Williams from North Carolina. He kind of burst on the scene late. In his last year, they only played 11 games, mind you. He ran for 1,140 yards, 7.3 yards a pop, 19 touchdowns, and he caught 25 balls for 305 yards. And note that he split time pretty evenly with his other guy. I think it's Michael Carter. Yeah. So even with split work, he goes for 1,400 all-purpose yards and nearly 8 yards a touch. So while that doesn't always translate... The fact they got him in the early second round means that they like him and I like him. Now, if it were a team other than the Broncos, yeah. I would probably want him more. But for me, I'm taking a leap on Javante Williams as an RB3-4, round yeah. 8 or 9. I'm excited about him. And Dynasty League, I think he's an absolute stud. Yeah, I'm actually going to – we have a keeper league, and I'm kind of targeting him That's a over good Trey Sermon because I know Trey Sermon's going to go early. And, you know, you kind of want to get that, that running back that can pay off as the keeper next year. He's just so explosive. You know, let's say he only gets 10 to 12 touches this year. I mean, Kamara, his rookie year, made a killing off 10 to 12 touches if the touches are right now. Granted, that was the Saints. They have a way better play caller, way better system, things of that nature. But the you the Broncos don't know the Broncos are bad. They're bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. They believe in... Uh, What's that? What, the white Drew boy? Locke. Drew Locke. They believe in Drew Locke. They believe Noah Fan, Jerry Judy. They think they got a squad. So I, I think that he actually will have a, a decent year, maybe 800 yards from scrimmage and, and some tutties. I can see it. So he's probably not fantasy gold, but he's interesting to he me. Could, he could maybe get you some weeks down the line, definitely, because running backs are going to go thin, especially with COVID. We kind of experienced that last year. I mean, that's a nice back-end running back. You could go. Let me give you just a super quick what-if. You get to the, let's say, the 12th round in the draft. You have four running backs already. Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon are there. Who do you want and why? Ooh, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon. Back Kenyon in- Drake on the Raiders, Melvin oh. Gordon still on the Broncos. He with wouldn't the rookie be there. I would, take, I would take Kenyon Drake uh, just okay. because they run the ball so much that he has a better shot. Even though he's the backup, I just – I think he's going to have his guaranteed touches, and if Josh Jacobs misses a week or anything of that nature, man, I think that Kenyon Drake could uh, could definitely have some RB1 weeks easy. 
Definitely. He has a higher upside. It's probably the handcuff-ish guy, so yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah, I just don't love the Broncos. That, that's yeah. more of it. Melvin Gordon's good, but don't like the Broncos, and I think the rookie gets a little more than, than Melvin. Definitely. The last team we're going to break down is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So James Robinson was an interesting person. He probably got picked up in leagues last year. He wasn't drafted many places, and he was incredible the first half of the year. Now he slowed down at the end, got a little nicked up, but still, he looked like the future at running back until... The Jaguars draft Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence's teammate from Clemson. What what do you think of that backfield? Well, I even was okay with that when it happened, but then they just were working out Travis Etienne as strictly as a receiver when that's a big strong suit for James Robinson. So it seems to me that they're trying to build them both the same and just kind of interchange them. So I'm leaning towards Travis Etienne because there's a reason they did that. It's a culture change. They're trying to bring in these two boys from Clemson that know a lot about winning. Very clutch players. Very explosive players. But James Robinson is actually so good. Like, he was as it, really good. The, the, the Jaguars sucked, and he was literally carrying people for, for five yards a carry. You know what I mean? He was just putting in work for the, the shitty-ass Jags last year. But, man, I, I like Etienne. He's kind of rising a little bit. I mean, James Robinson is the is the more of a snag per se. He's going a little couple rounds back, so you could maybe ride that out at the beginning of the season with you know Etienne probably getting less touches at the beginning. But I think Etienne by the end of the season is going to shake this out and probably be be the the quote-unquote workhorse, whatever that is in, in this future offense. And you mentioned it. I think it's good to remember. Rookie running backs climb up ADP as the draft get closer Yeah. because the unknown is exciting, right? Yes. You always want to think, oh, it's the next Kareem Hunt. Yeah. It's the next guy that just it's comes on Camara. and takes over. It's the next Kamara. Yeah. It's the next Kareem. Now, I think what gives ETN some validity is that Urban Meyer is a coach. He's an egomaniac. It looks like he wants to rebuild this team for what he wants, and yeah. they went after ETN. So at the same ADP spot, let's say eighth round, I need a back. I'm taking ETN. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what you're doing, though, and rating until round 10 or 11 and taking James Robinson because I like what we saw. Yeah, And that was with too, a team that's really probably good. worse than what we'll see this year. So this might be a two-headed monster that can produce value. But I, I like James Robinson later rather than ETN early. But if you're talking an even playing field, give me ETN. Okay, I got one for you. So it's the ninth round. You've got three RBs. You're looking to get one more because there's a lot of wide receivers left. There's some good wide receivers left. Okay. You go on James Robinson. This is the tenth round. Or David Johnson. I'm going James Robinson because I don't want any of the Texans running backs. Got it. If I if I gun to my head, I had to pick one. I would go with Philip Lindsay. Okay. I know that's a little unique for me, but that's easy for me. James Robinson. I don't want any part of the Texans. Yeah. I, How I about you? That, man, I was hoping you'd flip that my way. I'm I'm probably the same. I'm a little bit higher on David Johnson just yeah. because he did finish the year kind of good. And if you are a Texans fan, you know he was actually pretty banged up during the season. Uh, didn't come out a lot that he was banged up, but he was definitely banged up. But I, that Texans backfield scares me, man. They're they're trying to tank. Everyone knows they're trying to tank. I just I go with James Robinson in the tenth. So I just want to give people a couple stats from ETN's college career. He was a four-year player. Started the last three. He went for almost five thousand rushing yards in his four years with seventy touchdowns and seven point two yards a carry. And he also eclipsed a thousand receiving yards over four seasons 
for eight more touchdowns. So he's done it all for a long time. He's kind of got the proven track record. So he's interesting. Yeah. But those are two good backs. Yeah, and if there's one rookie running back that has the quickest path to being, you know, a solidified, let's say, not RB1, but RB2 workload, it's ETN. It's, I agree. it's ETN. It's the changing of the tides. They're trying to bring all these boys in. I mean, they they switched everything out. They brought in Marvin Jones when they actually had a decent receiving core. They kind of switched everything up. So it's well, it, it's going to take a couple weeks to see, but I think Urban Meyer is going to lean towards his new draft picks. I can see it. So we hope you liked that. That was five teams that had kind of mystery backfields. That's how we feel about them. A quick rapid fire. We want to get this done in a few minutes. Hunter between Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, and Joe Mixon. Rank them for me and give me a quick synopsis of why each one is where. Okay, I'm going to rank them as I like them f- for their EDP. So for the so who's going first ADP-wise It's going to be Saquon, Zeke, JT, then Mixon. That's how the drafts are shaking up right now currently. How I like them is JT, Jonathan Taylor, or Zeke as my number one. So let's. I really like JT a lot more than Zeke just because... I think that there are more running offense. Dak's back. It's a nice little slang, but he is back. Um, CD's looking good. All the rec- They've got a lot of receiving options there compared to Colts where TY's kind of dying down. So it's JT for me, Zeke, Saquon, then Mixon. Now, if Saquon wasn't going to start off on the pup, I'd probably have him as my number two over Zeke just because of pure like athleticism, who's in their prime type deal. But I he's on the pup. Uh, Zeke is still going to be on a really good offense. Their line is still very good. And Mixon, he's just so much question marks. I mean, he's looked so good at times and so bad at other times. And you just don't know if Joe Burrow is going to come out extremely healthy and move in that offense, you know. I like that. I think Mixon's a distant fourth as well. I'll kind of touch on why. For me, if I'm man, I'm really close between Saquon and Jonathan Taylor. If I'm at the five-hole... I'm torn between those two guys, and I'm happy with either one. I slightly lean Saquon just because I think Saquon's argument is probably the better player, mm-hmm. the worst situation. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is still a good player, but not better as good situation. as – But a yeah. really good situation, and I just want the dynamic athlete. And I think he – okay, assuming Saquon comes back, maybe he's eased in, but if he's, if he's full-blown RB1 by week three or four – Give me him in the five spot. So I give him the edge, then Jonathan Taylor. Zeke is probably the safest of these guys. Yeah, he, He's the safest, but he's just been slightly declining each year, and I'm worried to spend an early first on him. Then Joe Mixon, man, I'll tell you, I'll throwback. He reminds me a little bit of Ryan Matthews, where we tried to talk ourselves into him for Every four or year. five years, and he was always serviceable, but he was never the RB1 that we wanted him to be. And everyone hyped him as the and, RB1. And he hurt me pretty bad last year. So Mixon, I wouldn't even take in the top eight picks. I'm looking for yeah. him maybe 10 through 15. Yeah, Mixon did me dirty the year before you had him last year. It's just, at the Fan Bros, we're not, some, we're not mixing it up per se. We fucking hate Mixon. Definitely not. So if you you got to make me choose right now. I want Saquon first, Jonathan Taylor shortly behind, then Zeke, and then Joe Mixon as a distant fourth. How about you? Yeah, that's I like that. I mean, I have my rankings, but I I see your points. I mean, Saquon is the most explosive out of the group. It's just that that I don't like that pup because let's say he misses the first two games, man, your first round that pick, hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Those are two weeks that you need somebody, and that's a realistic thing right now. Is you know 
Other players are already back without without question. So he is a little banged up. Obviously, probably not as much as the the beat reporters are making out to be. But still, uh, that 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 two week window where he could miss at the beginning could hurt some folks. I so, mean, and, and you're talking top five pick. That, be, that's dicey. That would be dicey. So exactly. so give me your order one more time. So it's my order is going to be J T Zeke Saquon Mixon. I like it. I like it. That was a little rapid fire. Hey, that's it for us, guys. Thanks for joining again with the Fan Bros Podcast. Next time, we're doing the similar kind of format when we're going at wide receivers, some situations, who do we like versus our ADP, and probably some more rapid fire. So thanks for joining us. We're out.